Wow, that gives me goosebumps. The master's theme song. It's like Christmas morning for golfers. We're on the eve of what would have been the master's championship. And of course it's been postponed moving to November. This is Holly G with the Golf Insiders and my special guest to fill us in on everything that's happening with the changing and revised tour schedule. Bob Herrig from ESPN joining me now. Hi, Bob. Hello. How are you? Thank you very much. So strange, isn't it? Yeah, it's weird. Very weird. It's an odd, odd time for everybody in sports. And when, uh, when this week is supposed to be the Masters and nobody's there, it's uh, just very strange, you know, especially when you see how nice the weather is everywhere. Uh, you know how how great it would be there this week, and and uh, you know we've got this invisible demon plaguing us, and uh, understand understandably why we can't be there. Tiger would have been defending champion, of course. Tonight would have been the champion's dinner. He posted a tweet, uh, having a I guess a, a virtual quarantine style Masters champion dinner with his family, or was it last night? I'm not sure. Yeah, on Tuesday night, and and uh, I thought that was well played by him. Um, doesn't uh, he doesn't uh, you know he doesn't do a whole lot with social media. He doesn't kind of he doesn't take too many chances. But him wearing the green jacket and his kids all in green and sitting at, in his house with that golf hole in the background, and you could kind of tell that the meal he was going to serve at, at the champion's dinner, which was steak and fajitas, is sitting right there over to the side. Uh, it's pretty, pretty clever, I thought, and good for him. So it has been rescheduled. The Masters has been rescheduled. It was announced uh, earlier this week. November 12th through the 15th. So that's the second week in November. You've had uh, various people on ESPN.com speaking about, in particular, the Golden Bear, about what, you know, how the golf course will be different playing it in the fall. Of course, we're used to seeing all the flowers and, of course, the magnolias, et cetera, Uh, the azaleas, that, that beautiful landscape around Augusta National. Uh, what what are you hearing in terms of what the course will be like in the fall? Well, I, I don't think we're going to see azaleas, um, but I still think we're going to see a course that is presented incredibly nicely like we're used to. Um, by November, the rye overseed that they usually put down, um, you know, in September time frame, uh, is starting to come through even more. Uh, it's it's getting to the point where, you know, it's. I don't know that it's that much different than it is in April. Now, of course, things will be different in April. It's likely to be cooler. It's um, There's a good chance that it could be more wet. Uh, uh, there's, there's also a chance for, you know, for stronger winds, cooler temperatures, which might make the course play longer. Uh, but... Uh, it's not going to be slow in terms of the grass. It might even be faster because by, there's a chance of, that the fairways will be a tad thinner than they are in April. And, you know, I think the other thing that's interesting is, you know, like how might they do things differently this summer? 
you know, preparing for the idea of an August, uh, or excuse me, a, a November Masters. You know, typically they will, you know, it, the, the, the fairways just go dormant. You know, they go to Bermuda, and, and they're not like out there watering them every day. Uh, there's no play to take place. You know, they have things that they work on, and you, you just wonder if they might treat it differently. You know, they might do things a little bit differently that, uh, that uh, the agronomists know how that works. But, you know, in, in six, seven months' time, the course, you know, might be different than it normally is in November. Those are questions I would love to be able to ask. And uh, uh, it'll be interesting to see how that, uh, how that plays out. Well, it's a magnificent piece of property for those of us that have been lucky enough to walk the hallowed grounds of Augusta National. A lot of people don't know that it was originally a nursery. Each hole is named after a flower. And, you know, it's just a spectacular, uh, you know, venue. And it will certainly be interesting to see what it looks like, I think, in, in a very exciting way in the fall. Absolutely. I think, uh, you know, first of all, I think if we're back then, we're going to be so thrilled to have it back and so excited to have it back that uh, we're going to appreciate it. And anything that's out of the ordinary that we're not used to, you know, I sort of say, so what? You know, embrace it. Let's deal with it. Let's let's take it on. I mean, it's the same for the U.S. Open. Uh, you know, if that gets played in September, that's a lot different in September uh, than it is uh, in in June. Wingfoot will be, you know. So what? I think that's great. You know, I mean, it gives us something else to talk about. It, it it's obviously this the backdrop of the coronavirus is going to be there throughout. That's going to be you know a line in every story. You know, the tournament was moved to now because of that, and uh, you know, hopefully everybody's going to be tolerant and an understanding of things that might not be the way we're used to. Let's talk about last year, your memories from that Sunday. Uh, you know, of course, we were all on the edge of our couches, our, our chairs, our, you know, living room tables as the, you know, drama unfolded as player after player dumped it into the drink on number 12. And Tiger watched over his shoulder on 11. And you could just kind of see, you know, the old Tiger, those fangs coming out. What was it like covering it for you? Well, it was surreal. I mean, it's been so long since he'd won a major. And, and really a long time since he had been close. Um, you know, he hadn't had that many opportunities coming down the stretch. Uh, if you think back, really, in 2013 was the last time, and he was in contention at Muirfield, but he wasn't in contention at the PGA. And uh, you know, the U.S. Open that year, he kind of he had a he had a rough one. He had an injury and at the Masters. That was the year he hit the flagstick on Friday, and the ball went back in the water. He ended up having to play. He never he ended up having that penalty. He never really recovered from that. Uh, so you know, it had been a long time since he had really even been there, and. I remember thinking that that uh, being in the last group was a good thing for him. It, 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 he, you know, he he was two shots back with Molinari, but nobody else was in front of him, so he could keep an eye on the guy he had to catch, and he would know what everybody else around him was doing doing because they were in front. 
Uh, but then, you know, you're they're playing that round in Molinari. You know, I didn't realize this until I was uh, until I heard it afterwards when people talked about it. But, you know, he just was struggling with his ball striking that day. I didn't realize that to the extent that was a problem. But I think there was a sense it was a matter of time before he was going to struggle. But, I mean, through the sixth hole on Sunday, you know, he'd gotten up and down like three times for par. And he had only made one bogey in the tournament. You know, he just could you know, he wasn't, he wasn't going away. And he finally made a bogey on seven, and that got Tiger within one because Tiger birdied seven. But Molinari made a great birdie on eight, just like Tiger did. They both part nine. Tiger bogeyed 11, or excuse me, 10. So now he's two back again. And when they walked to the 12th tee, he was still two back. You know, six holes to go, two back. Uh, obviously, everything changed when those balls went in the water on 12. And then you sensed that this was possible. And, you know, the mood around there, just the vibe was incredible. Um, you know, the, you know the, the amount of people and how they wanted him to win uh, was just off the charts, you know. And uh, uh, it, was, it, was, it was an amazing scene. You know, I've been there for all of his majors. And, you know, it was... Uh, uh, you know, that one topped them all to me in just terms of the raw drama, emotion. You know, even even 2008, as great as that was at the U.S. Open, this was incredible. Absolutely. And, of course, his kids, you know, waiting greenside and his mom, you know, just the, the whole picture was something we'll, we'll never forget. And for those that uh, may not remember, there were quite a few players that were in the mix, including Brooks Kepka, who we know was on his major run uh, last year. And Dustin Johnson finished uh, one behind at minus 12. And, you know, a host of others that were right on Tiger's heels. M Molinari, as you said, Jason Day was just two back. Tony Finau, Patrick Cantlay, Rom and Fowler, all just a, a few shots back. It was such an exciting final round. I think that's what makes the win even more incredible. You know, it makes it more special. It, it wasn't like he beat a bunch of chunks. Right. You know, he beat, you know, he beat uh, 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 Brooks Kepka, Xander Shoffley, and Dustin Johnson, all top ten players. We're, we're, we're tied for second. As you noted, Jason Day was up there. Cantlay was up there. Um, you know, he's a very, very good young player. Five, five uh, guys with majors themselves. Exactly. And, and, and Molinari, who won the, the British Open the summer before, playing with Tiger. You know, he was not afraid of playing with Tiger. And, uh, uh, it, um, you know, and yet, you know, and he had to hold him off. And, uh, you know, even, even uh, you know, Webb Simpson and the group in front, uh, well, you know, he didn't get it going, but he's won a major, um, you know. But, but uh, uh, it was uh, the fact that he beat that competition, too. Uh, you know, many of those guys, only Dustin Johnson, I think, is within 10 years of Tiger. You know, for the most part, they're all... 15 years younger than him and that he was able to get that done it was incredible I think another uh, amazing moment was to see the number of players Bob 
that were waiting to congratulate Tiger. You know, we know given, uh, you know, his past competitive spirit uh, that he never seemed to be too chummy with a lot of the guys. We know that's changed quite a bit and uh, it was just a great moment of sportsmanship and just, I think, Tiger turning the corner also with his career. No doubt. I mean, uh, <clears throat> you know, I think those guys were, were enjoying it. You know, aside from themselves being able to win, I think they wanted him to win more than anybody. And, you know, they waited for him there before he went into scoring. And then there's an amazing number of players when you think about it. Ricky, Bubba, uh, Trevor Immelman, past champion, wearing his green coat. Bubba was wearing his green coat. Longer was wearing his green coat. I mean, Poulter was there, Webb. Uh, it, when, it, when you see him coming down on the right side, he slaps hands with Justin Thomas's dad and then, and then his mom. I mean, you know, that was just really neat, I thought. And then all the players, uh, you know, it's, uh, you know, they, uh, they, they, they enjoyed that win and they, they wanted him to know how important they thought it was too. And that was, that was another cool part of it. That whole scene from putting out to walking into the scoring trailer, you know, uh, scoring uh, room there off the pro shop, it took about three minutes. And for about 2.45, Jim Nance didn't say a word. And, uh, you know, he just heard all the, <clears throat> all the sounds. It was really cool. And what was it like in the press room? Yeah, you know, it's usually pretty subdued and quiet in there, but there was definitely a lot of activity and a lot of, uh, you know, you know, I don't want to say cheering, but it was more like, you know, there was there was a lot of noise, you know, sort of a lot of ooing and on. Um, and I think when he hold out to win, there was there was some applause. I mean. There's a lot of people in that press room that have been there through all of that with Tiger. And I think all of us were just, you know, amazed. My God, you know, how many people among us even had written him off forever. And, uh, you know, to win the Masters, a fifth Masters, a, a, a 15th major, a first major in 11 years, you know, it's just incredible stuff. And, you know, the thing that he's won three times now since he came back is, uh, is incredibly impressive. It sure is, and how much Tiger, not only to the PGA Tour, to the media, to you know everyone in the golf industry has made the last 20 years so exceptional and given us all just not only amazing stories to write, but uh, amazing careers to have inside of his growing the game as much as he has. No doubt. I mean, it's been an amazing ride to be along for all that. And, um, you know, golf was very, very good before him, and it will be very good after him. But it's been incredible with him. You know, I mean, it's just that I just can remember that, you know, when he was in his heyday, you know, you wondered and thought he could win every tournament he played. And there were stretches of times when he didn't win, where he was viewed as a disappointment, which is absurd, of course, but that's how good he was. You know, in 2001, I remember this distinctly, 
Um, you know, he'd won the three majors in 2000. He comes into 2001 with the Masters looming as a fourth in a row, but he had not won anything that year until he got to Bay Hill. And he was sort of considered to be in a, quote, slump, even though he had had, like, four top tens. Right. It was kind of, cr- kind of crazy. Yeah. And, and, uh, and then he won the Bay Hill. He won the players. You know, people forget he won the players. The, the next biggest tournament to all the majors with the Masters two weeks later with all of that going on. I mean, that would have been one you think he just would have mailed it in. He'd be like, I don't care about this week. You know, I want to get the Masters. I want to make sure my game peaks there. You know, and no, what does he do? He goes out and wins the Players' Championship, too. I mean, it's just uh, <laughs> just amazing, amazing uh, turn of events that he was able to do all that. Well, we know you still have a ton of programming on ESPN and ESPN.com. Uh, share with our listeners what's coming up, including the special telecast on Sunday. Right. On ESPN, uh, starting on Thursday, I believe Thursday is Tigers' 97 win, final round. Friday is one of Bubba's wins. Um, Saturday is on CBS with Phil in 04 and then Tiger last year Sunday. And um, a bunch of this other Masters content uh, can be viewed on ESPN Plus if you have that subscription. And then on .com, we have a ton of content surrounding Tiger, uh, surrounding the Masters. I wrote a piece on what a November Masters would look like. On Wednesday, there's a... There's a big piece looking back at his win through the eyes of other people in sports and in, in you know entertainment and everything. And um, there's there's a lot of stuff that uh, that's going to be there. There's no masters, but there's no shortage of masters, you know, uh, of content. So uh, hopefully people check it out. All right, we will indeed. Thank you, Bob. As always, Bob Herrig from ESPN and ESPN.com. Check out all of his coverage. And um, no, it's not, uh, it's not a normal Masters, but plenty of Masters for us to indulge in and uh, enjoy over the next few days. Appreciate it so much, Bob. Stay well. No problem. No problem. You too. Thank you.